Let's hear some of that movie chat. Credits roll by and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I wanna know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I wanna play. Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about movies by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan. And I'm Ben. Today we're going to be discussing the film Adaptation. And joining us today is our special guest, David Rabinovitz. Hey, David. Hi, David. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an honor, David. We really appreciate you joining us. Uh, First off, for the people who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I'm a screenwriter. And so I primarily work in movies in uh writing movies or or trying to write movies that will get made uh which is hard but then also these days more and more you know there's movies in their tv and the lines are blurring between them so a lot of people who write movies are also getting into tv and that's what me and my writing partner charlie are uh are in the process of doing oh fantastic yeah very cool um well how did you start this path um how'd you get started and and uh what projects have you worked on Well, um, I've always loved creative writing. Then around, probably I was like 14, 15, I started getting like seriously into movies. Something kind of clicked where I was, you know, seeking out more than just the movies that I was quote unquote supposed to be seeing, Mm -hmm. you know, smaller movies, indie movies, the foreign films, the, the classics. And so, and then at that time, also me and some of my friends, including Charlie, my, my now writing partner, we would be like making uh, videos, like short films with oh, each other. Wow. And uh, at a certain point, I realized, uh, well, I like movies and I like writing. Screenwriting is a thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, maybe I should check this thing out because it's as much fun as it is to make movie with like these little videos with my friends, like it's a lot of work and you got to get them on board. Screenwriting is something that you kind of can just do by yourself yeah uh so i started writing scripts when i was in high school and um you know they were terrible <laughs> um, of course because you know yeah. this thing it's it's not easy to do no right, yeah. you're in high school you know all you're doing is just you're imitating your favorite filmmakers horribly but you know it was fun and i, I learned a lot and at a certain point I, I also simultaneously started like learning about screenwriting as a profession it, it's hard to break in as uh-huh. they say but it was just it was just something that i always kind of wanted to 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 try to pursue mm-hmm. and so i i went to college i graduated college i worked in news for a few years but i was still writing and then some of my friends got to la and i was in new york and they were in la and at a certain point in my mid 20s i decided well if i'm going to do it at any point, it should be now. And so I moved out to LA, me and Charlie, before I'd basically almost completely been writing by myself. Yeah. And at this point, I started teaming up with, with him and we we wrote uh, like a pilot. We didn't kill each other during that process. So we're like, hey, maybe this could work out. But writing, writing partnership, like it's, it, it's, it's hard because you're, you know, I like to say, I know why bands break up. Yeah. Right. Because it's, you know, everybody, you know, you're recording an album, you want to get your songs on the album and it's the same thing. In a writing partnership, it's an intense creative process, um, but it, it it worked out. We had a good time writing this pilot, and so the second thing we wrote was a movie, and it was based on Charlie had found this book. It was a self. It wasn't. It was almost self published. It was like the small publisher, and it was written by this guy named Ron Stallworth, who um, 
had been a uh, detective in the Colorado Springs Police Department in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And he found this book and he said, why is, why is this a movie? And I read it and I said the same thing, like, yeah, this should be a movie. And so we contacted the publisher. We got in contact with Ron and we found out that he had this amazing story for a number of years had been trying to get it into Hollywood and get it made because he would make a a movie. And he had been unsuccessful at that point. And, you know, said, hey, like, we're writers. Maybe we can try to team up. And Ron said, "Okay, (laughs) as long as I'm involved, you know, in the process. And we said, great. So we started adapting his book, his memoir. Okay, so it was about him going undercover to uh, infiltrate the Colorado Springs chapter of the Ku Klux Klan. And he's black. Uh, We wrote these drafts and we got notes from Ron. We were just going back and forth collaborating with him. And in the middle of this process, Charlie had mentioned the idea to uh, a producer that he knew, having worked in the industry. And the producer got excited. He brought us in to, to pitch it. And we pitched it. We pitched uh, Black Klansman to this guy. And wow. um, he said, we are working on this movie called Get Out with oh, Jordan Peele. yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. And it's like, you know, uh, so I'm, we talked before we recorded about comedy, you know, Key and Peele, you know, for all of us. Yeah, like, huge. exactly. Yeah. We, we know Jordan Peele. Uh-huh. Um, but at the time, you know, he, w- he was unproven as a filmmaker. Right, right? yeah. Totally, yeah. But producer was saying, we're working with Jordan Peele. He's great. Like this, this thing called Get Out is really exciting. Like, this would be an easy conversation to have him maybe get involved with this. Yeah. We're like, okay, great. And so we, we finished writing the script. We gave it to them. They gave it to Jordan and Jordan became a producer. Oh, that's uh, awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, what, a, what an honor. <laughs> Seriously. And, but, and we did, it's the funny thing is we, as amazing as that was, and it was huge, we didn't know how huge that was going to yeah. be. Yeah. Right. But this was right. in 2016. And so we sit down with Jordan uh, cause, uh, and, and have a meeting about the script where he like gave notes and stuff, where we're going to do a rewrite based on those notes. And so before then it wasn't completely real to me. Yeah. And then, you know, we sit down with him <laughs> and it's like maybe five days earlier, he had won the Emmy with oh Keegan for, for like the last season of Key and Peele. Yeah. Right. So it, was, it was, it was, it was great. And so, and then about five months later, get out. Get yeah. Out. And we all know what happened there. Like it, get out was the sleeper hit of 2017. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and so suddenly, pretty much overnight, Jordan goes from this respected sketch comedian to the hottest filmmaker in Hollywood. Yeah. And we were his next project. Oh, my gosh. And so that's that's how it happened. He, Jordan got the project. He brought the project to, to Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. And then once Spike signed on, things just kind of went from there. And that's incredible to have Spike Lee direct your movie. I mean, yeah. wow. That, that's really cool. Wow. I watched the film. Um, we'll talk about Black Klansman for just a minute or two. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I saw the film when it first came out um, and really, really enjoyed it. And everybody in it is great. The story is incredible. Yeah. Um, and it was very well written. So well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and loved it. And then Susan and I just watched yeah. it again this week. And it's, it's so powerful. It's such a powerful mm-hmm. movie, especially the ending. And it's very just just really leaves you thinking. Yeah, it's funny when when I talked about um, earlier about like starting to get into films. You know, one of those films was Do the Right Thing. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. I, I've taken a couple of film classes, and that's like Spike Lee's. Like, well, that's the movie you got to watch. You know. <laughs> yeah, and then when we when we were working on the script, Charlie and I, we, the joke between us was Spike Lee is going to direct it, but you know. It was that was just a joke, very much just a joke. So when he did sign on, it was stunning. That is so crazy. That's wild. 
So um, you mentioned a process. What is your writing process? So usually what we'll do, because we're in a partnership and we're not working in the same room, usually, even before the pandemic, yeah. what we will do, first of all, we'll, 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 whatever the project is, whether it's a TV thing or a movie, we will just talk about it. We'll talk about it a lot. We'll kind of take notes. And then we will do an outline. Some writers outline, some writers don't. Some writers do a kind of a very, they'll do an outline, but it's not very long. It's like maybe a page. Uh, because we are two writers basically working on the same thing, we will do a very extensive outline, which is like scene by scene by scene. This mm. is what happens in every scene. And then what we'll do is we'll split it in half. If it's like a, a pilot, we'll maybe split it down the middle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll do the first half, I'll do the second half or, or whatever. If it's a movie, what we've generally done is, you know, a three-act structure. This, the, the first and third acts are roughly the same length as the second act. So one of us will do this act two, one of us will do act one and act three, okay. and then we'll swap. Yeah. We'll rewrite each other. And then we'll swap again and we'll rewrite the rewrite. And the idea is we continue the swapping process until it feels like it's one seamless thing that one writer wrote it. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Cool. Um, so do you, because you said you wrote by yourself before you started working with your friend Charlie, do you prefer being on a team or is it just two totally different experiences? So there's pros and cons yeah. to it. Um, the pros of being in a partnership are, there's two big things for me. One, it's like when you're writing, you're putting an idea down, you're putting something down on paper and then there's that voice in your head that is like criticizing it. Totally. Um, and now when you're with a partner, you have that, but then you have another person who's telling you if you're on the right track or not. Yeah. But also uh, there's an accountability. There's a built-in accountability. Mm -hmm. Like when you're by yourself, you can set these internal deadlines, but there might not be any like uh, repercussions for missing a, a, an internal deadline if you're writing by yourself. If you're writing with a partner, you're letting yeah, that person down. Yeah. So it's better for productivity. And then also like generally you're kind of splitting up the work. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of cut um, your workload in half a little bit. Right. Yeah. Completely. And also in a successful writing partnership, you have complementary skills. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I am not good at selling. We're, we're very lucky in that we have managers or whatnot who will sell us. But even with that, you still there still needs to be a, an element of that. But then before we had managers like, I would not be able to do that. He was, he was the one yeah. who, who found that, that, you know, Ron's book and reached out to him, but there's cons too. Going back to like the idea of, uh, I know why bands break up. Like there's, there's going to be friction whenever mm -hmm. you're involved in, in these creative projects. There's so many decisions that you have to, you know, really examine and interrogate. And sometimes in the ideal version of it, that interrogation leads to the best thing. It's like I bring something, he brings something, and then a third thing emerges that's better than what we individually would have brought. Right. Um, it's kind of improv in that way. Like yeah. The, and then the other negative, honestly, on a completely uh, mercenary financial level is that you you end up splitting all the money. You're considered one writer. Everything is 50%. Yeah. Down mm -hmm. So there's, there's pros and cons. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And so you've done both original screenplays and adapted screenplays. Um, so that's something that um, a lot of people here, they may not really understand what the difference is. Would you mind explaining that for us? Adapted screenplay means that it is based on a, some sort of pre-existing material. Yeah. Oftentimes it's a book. Uh, these days, a lot of podcasts are being adapted, graphic novels, um, or another movie if you're doing a sequel. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, original just means that it's not based on any pre-existing material. 
what's interesting though is that it's you know so many movies um are made that are based on true stories and if you could write an original screenplay based on a true story or an adapted screenplay based on a true story let's just say for example you were writing a movie about um like the jfk assassination Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. if you were writing if you if you wrote your script and you didn't base it on any specific source you just uh, you know there's been so much reporting about it so many books and you did a bunch of research from a bunch of stuff and you base it on public record that would be an original screenplay even though it's based on a true story. If you picked out one book and you based specifically on that that book's uh, specific expression of events, then it would be an adapted screenplay. I'm sure some nuances I'm missing. I would maybe consult a lawyer or represent a <laughs> writer's guild to get it right. But that's, that's pretty much it. But yeah, but the interesting thing about adapted is that even if it's adapted, um, that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of invention. And some right. of our some of our projects that have been adapted, we've still had to pretty much make up the entire story, or or a lot of the story. So it's still that the those terms are um, they can be misleading at times. Gotcha. That's very interesting. And you know, to bring it back to Black Klansman for a minute, you know, you actually won an Oscar um, for your adapted screenplay for that film. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and we wanted to ask, what is that like to be nominated, then win an Oscar uh, at the Academy Awards? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 as surreal as you probably expect yeah. it to be. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny because the, the whole Oscar thing never entered my mind. Right. Even when, when I was in high school thinking about how cool it would be to, screen, to be a screenwriter, I know there are people who like they practice their speech in the shower. Right. I never thought that that was even a, a thing. Uh-huh. And um, when the movie, even when the movie was getting made, it was the furthest, honestly, the furthest thing from my mind. Like it was the fact that it was coming out. That was the amazing thing. It's like, there's no way there's going to be any awards. And then when it came out, so it de- debuted in Cannes uh, at the Cannes Film Festival mm-hmm. in France in May. And it was, it was a good reception. Like we were getting good reviews and stuff. And I think that's when people first started to sort of talk about it. And I still thought, no, because yeah. we were, we were coming out uh, like in theaters in August, and the the there's the whole thing about like there's like the fall releases are the prestige releases; those are the awards releases. Yeah, right. So I was thinking like, okay, even if we come out in August and we get good reviews and they start talking about the movie to be in the awards conversation, it'll get knocked off because the the real prestige movies are going to yeah. come out in October, November, December, right? So we did come out and they started talking about it as a potential awards contender. And then those other movies came out, but ours, our movie never left the conversation. So this gradual realization dawning, like, oh, this could actually be. Oh, my gosh. The, the announcement of the Oscars, they do it super early, right? Especially in L.A., it was like 5.30 a.m. I think it's for the international media. It's like yeah. That's the time. Right. So, of course, you know, you wake up early and I'm watching on, on my phone <laughs> on the, the stream. And it's so early. And I'm, I'm really bad at waking up early in any case. Um, <laughs> But yeah, when they when they said it, like even though people were saying like, yeah, there's a good chance you get nominated, nothing really prepares you for that. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a, a a stunning thing. And then the cool thing is, when you get nominated, there's a bunch of events that you go to leading up. Like so, there's like some dinners and stuff, and um, just like the the lunch where they take the picture and everything, you know, and parties the the week of. So it's it, it was a lot of fun. Going to the actual thing was it, it was kind of like it was fun. It was fun. It was yeah. um, just like going to like the premiere, the premiere in, they did the premiere in New York and then they did another in LA and obviously Cannes. All that stuff is really fun. I would say like 
it's less than one half of one percent of what a being a screenwriter is. If right. You get sure. It. Of yeah. course. <laughs> do not- any of that? Like it's so <laughs> rare, but you you just kind of enjoy it and enjoy the the surreal aspect of of uh, you know sitting in that room with with a, a bunch of people, a lot of a lot of people that you you've seen on on screen, mm-hmm. you know, for. Yeah growing up you know maybe your whole whole life and it was just kind of a fun surreal evening the the uh, the oscar night what what they do is um they have a person from the academy come over but in the commercial break before your category they come over and make sure everybody's there okay in case you know because you don't want to because you can only go in and out during the commercial break so like if you leave to go to the bathroom you yeah. don't want to be in the bathroom with it, you know. You don't want another. Uh, I was in the bathroom moment. Ex- <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really embarrassing, and they don't let yeah. you go out during the the te- because okay. because of the fact that it's, it's a telecast. And then yeah. so when the woman came over to make sure, then I just started getting yeah. nervous. Um, but then yeah, I mean they when they announced our name, I don't know, I I I think I blacked out between <laughs> standing up and getting. To the, stage yeah um I, I remember going up there and getting it and then i was originally like standing behind spike and my writing partner is just like like motioning me like over and i'm glad he did that because like the the what it looked like look, looked a lot better we were all yeah. like visible up there um and ron was up there too which was great oh that's um cool. yeah it was just it was it was kind of a blur it's it's a little cliche to say that it was like surreal and a blur but it really was no was, i, I think imagine that, it I, is like i don't yeah. know how you describe that <laughs> <laughs> you just I mean, you think about it you just sort of see images you just yeah. remember images yeah all right well you kind of described a lot of these but do you have any moments well first of all when you were at the oscars did you get to meet any like childhood heroes in terms of either writing or acting or any kind of movie like director did you have any moments like that yeah uh that, that's that's a that's a, a great question. I'm terrible about going up to. to oh people. yeah, I, like, I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just like the most, uh, just like the most awkward thing. Yeah, especially like you probably want to be like you know you're there because you're nominated. You might not want to look like a super fan. You know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh my god. But yeah, I, I was able to absolutely. In fact, so we were nominated and won a, a BAFTA too, the the British right. Academy yeah. for the Oscars, and so we went to London, which was super fun. And uh, we ended up talking with uh, Peter Farrelly. You know, he was nominated okay. for for Green Book. Who, yeah. Know, made, yeah. Uh, along with his brother, made you know, Dumb and Dumber and all these. Yeah. Classic I know, movies. It's wild. Pretty crazy. And he was a super nice guy. And you know, we were talking. You know, just talking. Or at that same party, really fun party, was uh, Christopher McQuarrie, okay. who. Um, he's you know he's directed the last two Mission Impossible. Yeah, movies. he's a very famous uh, action director. Yeah. Absolutely, but he started writing the, the Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. uh, which was a big movie for me in high school. And he was kind of actually in a similar position of, of us. He was a, a young guy who this was his first major script, and it, it won him the Academy Award. So I remember asking him, like, "Hey, we're kind of in a similar position. Like, well, like, do you have any advice?" And he was really nice. He was. He said, uh, "You know, you're gonna you're, you'll get work, but don't have any expectation that." your next movie is going to get made soon because yeah. it might, or it might not. And I took, it took me years to get my next thing made and I almost quit the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was nice. It was nice kind of getting that reality check from someone yeah. who had been through it. Right. Had, had come out the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, very successful, but almost went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It's nice to get that realistic view of, you know, your life after winning something like that. 
keeps you in Definitely. check. It keeps you like, no, I still have to like work really hard. People aren't just going to hand me stuff. Especially from someone who knows. Yeah. You know? And it's completely true. Yeah. Like, you know, the fact that we won helped get us in, a, in the room. Right. But it's not going to automatically get us a job. Right. It might put us up in consideration for the job, but you, we still have to do the work. Right. Yeah. Right. And right. if we do get the job, we still have to do the work to, to make that thing good. Right. You still have to deliver. Still have yeah. to deliver. Mm-hmm. I, I, no one cares how many awards you've won when you're, when, you know, when you're trying to make a thing work. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've uh, written a, a bunch of projects, you know, from, from, you know, on the page, what you wrote, how much of that percentage wise ends up in the movie or does it really change quite a bit most of the time or does it stay pretty similar? It varies, you know, from, from project to project. At this point, we've only had one thing produced. So that's the only thing I can base it on. Also, you know, Spike and his writing partner, Kevin Wilmot, they did a, a pass on the script. So the, the first thing that you, we'd have to look at is the, the script that they wrote. And I remember reading that script and seeing like, okay, this is simultaneously our script and not our script. Yeah. Right. The, the, the bones are there and scenes that we have are there, but then there's other stuff that they did and they like blended characters and added this new sequence here. So it, it's interesting. Like you, you, you simultaneously see the things that are you and then see somebody else's fingerprints on it. In terms of other other stuff, who knows? And it'll vary from project to project, and also it'll depend on you know is another writer brought in. Um, how will you stay involved with the project? And some some of these things we are attached as producers or executive producers, and we've been working more closely with the director. In that case, if it gets made, our fingerprints will probably be more pronounced in the final product. Maybe in other things, if we're completely replaced and someone comes in and does a new draft, it'll be less. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I maybe ask me again after hopefully I've had a couple more things made and, and mm-hmm. I, I might have a different answer. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get to our feature film. Today we're going to be discussing the 2002 film adaptation. Uh, the movie was directed by Spike Jones and it was written by Charlie Kaufman. It stars Nicolas Cage, Meryl Streep, and Chris Cooper. The film was nominated for four Academy Awards, including Best Adapted Screenplay, and it won one Best Supporting Actor for Chris Cooper. Uh, heads up, we are going to be spoiling the movie. Uh, Susan, before we get too far into it, can you give us a quick breakdown? What was this movie about? Yeah, so really this movie was pretty much about uh, Charlie Kaufman, the real person, writer of the movie, um, trying to adapt this book called The Orchid Thief by Susan Orlean into a movie, into a feature film. In the movie, Charlie Kaufman is played by Nicolas Cage, so we follow Charlie's journey trying to figure out how to turn this into a story. We also meet his brother, Donald. Donald is kind of his, like, boisterous brother who moves in. Twin brother. Yeah, twin brother. Yeah, so Nicolas Cage plays both parts. He moves in, decides he wants to be a screenplay like his brother, um, because Charlie actually had done, before this, the movie opens on the set of Being John Malkovich, which, if you've never seen that movie, you should watch it. It's crazy. So his brother Donald's like, hey, you're a screenplay, you're a screenwriter, I'm going to be a screenwriter, I'm going to live with you. And Donald ends up writing this really formulaic movie that gets picked up and sold for like a million bucks, like right away, he's instantly successful. So Charlie's dealing with that while he's also dealing with his struggles trying to write this screenplay. The movie gets more and more outrageous as you go. Um, As he kind of delves into this, he writes himself into the story, you meet these characters, you meet the orchid thief. Yeah, it just gets really insane. But it's really, really enjoyable. It's really great. Like, definitely check it out, I would say. But 
That's my synopsis. <laughs> Very good. And David, you chose this film for us to watch. Why did you pick it? Well, I, I, it's a little well on the nose, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's one of the few movies about screenwriters. Yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah, I guess if we're talking about it. We might as well go all in. I also really like the movie also. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there, there aren't too many movies about, there's a lot of movies about writing, but specifically screenwriting. It was like between this and, uh, and Barton Fink. But this this feels like more uh, something more of a straightforward exploration of screenwriting and a comment on Hollywood. So I I saw this movie when I was in high school and I really liked it and I saw it probably a couple times and then I saw it again recently after mm-hmm. I had become a professional screenwriter and it hit me different. Yeah, right. Uh, because it's like what he is doing, the, the problems that he's facing. Charlie Kaufman, it's pretty much exactly the problems that I have faced. I yeah. mean, it's right down to the fact that, like, we are, because the thing that we wrote that got made was an adaptation, we mm-hmm. get sent stuff. You asked about original screenplays versus adaptations. We are mostly in the adaptation business. Yeah. Okay. And that thing of him taking this book that he really likes and he wants to preserve the core of it. Yes. But then he's, he's realizing. I, he says at, at one point to his agent, he says, I can't structure this. Mm-hmm. And that's something that me and my writing partner have to think about. It's like, this is a really cool thing. How do we structure this? Yeah. How do we make this a movie? Uh, and not to mention all his neuroticism, which is right. uh, built into to me and the profession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the way this movie is laid out, there's times where I'm like, is this really happening? Or is, are we just watching his script play out? Like, is he really talking to Susan Orlean? Is his, like, I even questioned if his brother was real at one point. Because in real life, he doesn't have a twin brother. Um, right. But, but he is. the real Charlie Kaufman gave a writing credit yeah. to a yeah. fictional twin brother. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a movie, I think it's super fascinating to watch. So we watched it this week, the second time I've seen it. And um, it's so interesting because it, it, you know, it starts off as a movie in like three layers telling you, you know, Charlie's story and then the story that he's writing or I should say it's it's his story and then it's the book itself and then it's the one that he's writing. And so it's sort of these three layers that then come together as the movie progresses. And it's so fascinating to watch the characters change as sort of the perspective changes. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of one of the cool things that that you know you can appreciate about it is it's not just telling Charlie's story. It is the thing that the actual Charlie himself as a screenwriter set out to do, which is to tell the story of, you know, of LaRoche and Susan Orlean. Like he's he gets the, all that in there in the fun, finished film. Yeah. It's just there's all this other stuff there too. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, them talking about how, you know, LaRoche is such a fun character. The the executive, I think, says that, right? Yeah. Uh, near the beginning and like he is yeah you know nothing changes the fact that he is like a compelling character that Mm -hmm. you could build a movie around and he he does sort of yeah but he also builds it around other other things including himself yeah absolutely and you know this thing is packed full of awesome acting um from great people so i mean i'm a huge nick cage fan I unabashedly love him. <laughs> uh, Meryl Streep's always amazing. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cox shows up in an amazing role to be the um, screenwriting instructor. Um, he's always great. Um, so many good people. And, and then, of course, Chris Cooper won an Oscar mm-hmm. for this role. Um, it's just 
through and through such an enjoyable movie and it, it's so relatable absolutely and it's funny because you know you mentioned him having that the, the dual role you know of him and, mm-hmm. and his brother first of all it's great he, he's so good at it you can tell instantly which is which even though they yeah. look pretty much the same right um but it's almost like his his brother is a representation of everything he wishes mm-hmm. he was or everything he he sees other people being like that and it yeah. feels like almost like there's a representation of um he sees other people who are successful who kind of just float through life and there doesn't feel like that they struggle and mm-hmm. i i can relate i think a lot of writers can relate to that uh we all see ourselves as the charlie yeah and we're all jealous of the donalds yeah but it's, it's funny i'm just thinking about it right now the people that we see as donalds they probably they probably consider themselves the charlie too yeah you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I almost feel like, I don't know if this is how it really happened, but Charlie Kaufman in real life was like, I, I want to adapt this book. I don't know how. So I'm going to make this movie about me not knowing how to adopt this book and do a screenplay. And right. like that played out. On Absolutely. And, yeah. and it's like, it's funny because that must have been what happened. And but like, and then you see that actually happen in the movie. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's one of the most meta movies ever made. Uh-huh. Right. Because it's about yeah. the yeah. creation of itself. Yeah. Uh, and that's just that's part of the, the the fun of it. And I think the thing that really struck me watching it recently was there's a there's there's a turn about maybe what three quarters of the way through, yeah, where it becomes clear. You know, Charlie's been writing this script, yeah. and then he asks help from his brother, and then it's clear his brother is working on the script. Yeah. And yes, and you can pattern. clearly see it. Yeah. You can clear you. You can see the shift. It becomes a, a thriller. The, the genre changes, mm-hmm. right. um, but it's it it's done so well through Jones and and Charlie Kaufman. It happens over the course of a few scenes. It's a little bit gradual. By the time you realize you're in a thriller, you're like, oh wait, how did that happen? Yeah, you know? you're like, wait, what am I watching now? What, yeah, yeah. What am I? Something has changed. Yeah, but it, but it all it all works really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really enjoyable. And even the ending where he's doing the voiceover, he's like, no, voiceovers are cliche, but I don't care. It feels right. Like that feels like a real struggle when you're writing. Like, oh, what I'm writing now it seems really cliche, but it fits so well, and it, it like it was really satisfying. And but I should be doing something more innovative. You know, that struggle too played out is really you know so relatable if you've ever yeah. read anything like yeah, anything, yeah. right absolutely and yeah, yeah and you could even look at that earlier when he's what he's like sitting at the typewriter or he's uh talking into his uh voice recorder yeah like he's he's really excited about it and then he's thinking about it later it's like yeah. oh no, this is terrible yeah uh, and we yeah we all we all go through mm-hmm. that it's in one way or another yeah yeah and it you know it really wraps up nicely even with the you know, spoiler alert, uh, towards the end of the movie when it gets wild and crazy, obviously Donald's doing the majority of the writing and then his character dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, and then it has a nice wrapped up hopeful ending, yeah. you know, and, you know, and of course the movie makes fun of itself, talks about how the importance of, you know, third acts and stuff like that. But it's just, it's really a nice uh, study of screenwriting. Completely agreed. And it's fun. It's, you, I, I almost forgot the fact that it ends on such a, positive hopeful yeah. note and it's almost like you 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 feel the the tension in that of like did charlie in in the movie does he want it to be a real uh, a happy ending in real life does he want it to be a happy yeah. ending a, a hopeful ending is is it more of like well it's bittersweet because his brother dies and then it's more of a catharsis it's it's kind of i, I don't as interesting as like the meta elements are he preserves the idea 
that like themes, I guess, that are in the Orchid Thief, I haven't read it, of like, there, there's kind of a, a messiness to it, which is uh, that he, he takes to the end. He doesn't completely sell out. In, right. in a, like there's the whole thing of like not wanting to be this Hollywood thing. And then like you get there, but like it's still, it's still not. It's, there, there's still an integrity to yeah. it at, at the end, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Totally. It's a really fascinating film for, you know, because it's not about making a parody of Hollywood, right? It's not about poking fun at itself. It has those elements and it's really fun. Sure. But at the end of the day, it delivers on this flawed person. And it's pretty amazing that it was written by him, you know, being so critical of himself. Yeah. But it works. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's funny. He is critical of himself and you you see him and you you kind of... Like even there's that opening monologue where he's just talking, he's he's just really being really hard on himself, and you get yeah. then when you see him in real life, it's like you're not that <laughs> right. How much of this is just a projection? How much of it is him just trying to really be hard on himself, and how much of it is he's just doing it for the script? It's yeah. all a little bit of everything, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes it really interesting. I mean, yeah. knowing he's a real person, it's just like, wow, is this like what it's like to be in your head? Or is this a dramatization? Like what you right. said. Like, and it's probably a, a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's really enjoyable. I mean, it's an enjoyable movie anyway, but like when you add in your background as a screenwriter, it has to be even more interesting to watch and just, you know, because it's become so relatable. Watching it recently, it was, um, it was, it was still really entertaining but there was a, yeah. there was a painful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a little I'm too sure. relatable a little too real a little too yeah. relatable right yeah. yeah that's funny i guess the question is would you recommend this film to a friend uh oh yeah for sure partially because it's a you know it's a good movie and then partially yeah. to be like well if you, if you want to know what i deal with <laughs> yeah, yeah totally yeah. if you want to get inside my head a little bit <laughs> just a tad yeah. Susan, are you recommending this movie? Yeah, I thought it was really good. And I would also recommend watching Being John Malkovich because they show that movie being made in this movie. I would also recommend seeing that Yeah, one. it's not yeah. really the sequel to it, but it it's certainly... Not a se- they're, they're, the only relation is that, that scene, really, that connection of Charlie Kaufman. But And just sort of understand Charlie Kaufman's writing yeah. a little bit, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I also mm-hmm. recommend this film, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that you recommended it. Yeah, I actually you. I had never seen this movie before, so okay. uh, yeah, I didn't really. I remember when it came out, kind of, um, but I didn't see it. So going into it, I didn't look up anything about it. I just went in cold when we watched oh, it, perfect. and I like ten minutes in, I was like, "What am I watching?" <laughs> but it was real. It was this good. This movie broke Susan <laughs> yeah, a couple times. So many times. I was like, "Is this real? What's happening?" But I'm glad I went in that way. It made it more. Like, yeah, that's the that's yeah. the ideal way to, to yeah. watch. Yeah, cool. We'd like to finish up our show today with a game we're calling "Say What." We're going to see how well both of you know famous movie lines. David, you'll be playing against Susan. <laughs> so here are the rules. Very high stakes. It is super <laughs> high stakes. <laughs> I'm going to read a, a line of dialogue, and as soon as you know the movie, shout it out. If you're wrong, the other person gets a chance to guess. I will have seven lines for you to identify. The first person to name four correctly wins our prize. Um, we don't have a prize. Uh, we will eventually mail you something laying around our house. Yeah, it'll probably be some sort of, like, merch. It'll be a t-shirt. <laughs> like, right. t-shirt or a mug. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready to play? We're, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Fantastic. Let's go. Let's go. First one. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Babe. 
Okay. Oh, that, was that a tie? That was a tie. All right. You got <laughs> All right. That was a tie. I'm not giving either of you that. I hope you have some like spare lines. <laughs> All right. Now this one's long, so okay. just shout it out when you know it. But okay. I'm going to finish reading it because it's really good. Okay. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Taken. Correct. Oh. Skills I've acquired over a long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> From the movie Taken. Yeah. All right. Very good. David, you have one point. All right. Next line. Shout it out. Why so serious? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Susan has a point. Tied <laughs> up. A little bit shorter line on that one. Yeah. All right, next one. Here's looking at you, kid. Casablanca. David has a point, so that's two to one. Two to one. All right, next one. Get your stinking paws off me, you damned dirty ape. Planet of the Apes. David has another point. That's three to one. Come on, Susan. Okay, I'm ready. Got two more to go. Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's Meat not going right. <laughs> you know. I've seen that movie one million times. <laughs> Very good. Susie, you got two points. All right. Last line. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We've got a full take of gas. Half a peg of cigarettes. Yeah. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers is correct. Ah. <laughs> Very good. What's our score right now? It's three to three. Now. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Line? I have to look and find another line. <laughs> um, how about this one? There's no crying in baseball. We give their own. Excellent, oh, David. You win oh, our game today. Well, well played. All right. That was close, though. That was very that was a, that that was the a closest. Tight game. When it's been a competition between the two, that's probably the closest it's ever been. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, David, would you like to plug anything? Yes, uh, Black Clansman. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great movie. Uh, great acting, great directing, and great writing. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today, David. We had a great time. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Life in the Credits is hosted and produced by me, Susan Swarner. And me, Ben Bloom. It's executive produced by Michelle Levin. The music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge. You can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSounds.com. The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin. If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at patreon.com. If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at lifeinthecredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Watching it recently, it was, um, it was, it was still really entertaining, but there was a, yeah. there was a painful... <laughs> <laughs>